You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the draft previews of the Absent Minded era. And, and for this time, I have an old friend who worked together at Profiles and other research projects from time to time. Uh, it's Josh Tesler of Smuck Scouting. Thank you for joining us, uh, Josh. It's, it's a pleasure to finally have you on the air and, and get a conversation that is not just typing words to each other. Yeah, man. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, we got to, you know, like, it's, I, I like the fact that you have gone through and you, you made a list, your list a little bit different from the others, depending on your scouting team and, and all that stuff. And uh, you can obviously find the whole list at smart scouting.com uh, for, for some weird reason everyone seems to have Connor Bedard at number one so let's skip that you got Adam Fantilli <laughs> on two uh, and then you know Matvey Mitchkov at number three what is your thought process behind that first and foremost personally for me that was a tougher one at the um at you know at the uh you know at the draft of a rankings call because you know if for me, you know, I've been leaning towards Leo Carlson all year long. And and it's just when I look at Leo Carlson, the upside, what I think Leo Carlson can be is a, you know, is a top six cornerstone kind of guy, like, you know, like someone that you're going to build around. And I, you know, and there were times throughout the year that I questioned Matt A. Mitch Cobb's upside because at least for, you know, at least before the loan, you know, there were some red flags for me that popped up where I questioned, um, you know, his scanning ability. Um, you know, he, you know, there were, you know, he, you know, like he just wasn't, you know, identifying true passing lanes and just, and really needed to look for the past rather than just gamble. I just didn't see a real game breaker like game, like game changer in Matt Mitchkov early on this year after the loan, he really found himself again, you know, you know, in Sochi at the DKHL level. And it was great to see him rebound and really take control, especially in transition. When you compare the two players, Leo Carlson's consistency was far greater throughout this, you know, throughout this year in terms of the production, especially at five v five. Then, like the loan, just you know, just really, you know, just really solved everything for for Matt Bay. For me, I still have Leo Carlson higher on my own list, but at you know, but at the end of the day, it came down to what my entire team thought, and that's part of the challenge of, you know, of you know, of doing draft rankings is, you know, sometimes you lose out on individual battles on players because you have to go with the consensus. For me, on my own list, I have Leo higher, but, um, you know, but the, you know, but the upside that you're going to get out of Matt Bay Mitchkov, I'm constantly seeing his contract being brought up. Yes, he's got three years left on his contract, but, you know, at the same point, you know, the upside the potential that you're going to get out of, out of Matt Mitchkov is worth waiting. So while I wouldn't take him at three personally, I 
I would I, yeah, I would definitely take him at four. So there's my so there's my two cents on the Leo Carson Mappe Mishkov debate. Yeah, and and uh, I know my listeners have been hearing this a lot, but I've I've been saying a little bit like Mishkov has the potential to be the guy that falls through the draft, maybe the furthest out of the the expected players, but he's also the player that I think has the best chance of becoming a standout superstar. Don't get me wrong. I think that Conor Bedard is going to be one of those cornerstones that you can really build around and he's going to be super good. But I don't see those alls and ass and, and everything as soon as he enters the zone, as I can see a little bit with Matvey Mitchkov, where people will get on their feet because now Mitchkov has to puck. And, and, and this superstar quality in that regard, I don't really see with Bedard. But as you say... If you have the option to wait for three years, Matvey Mitchkov should be your pick very, very early in this draft. Um, another thing that, that you are differentiating about is really that, and, and this might be very, very interesting for Montreal fans and those other fans we're catering for right now, is obviously that you have Zach Benson at number five. Fantastic season in Winnipeg uh, and, and all that. But, you know, it's, it's, it is a standout because most rankings has Will Smith at that point, if you, if, if you don't have Will Smith even higher. Yeah, and for us, it, I mean, for us, it simply comes down to projection, right? I mean, we think that the tools that Zach Benson has, the tenacious uh, ness that he has the drive to constantly be engaged in I mean be engaged in play whether um you know whether with the puck or without the puck he's just a dynamic two-way forward what we see out of will smith is will is will smith can score he's great in transition but i don't see him as a center at the next level and that really comes down to his defensive game. I just don't think it's polished enough to where I would fully trust him as a center at the, at the, the next level. And so I, you know, and so I would move him over to wing and also, and also because I just think he's going to be even more his ability to thread, you know, excellent give and go plays him on the wing. Like he's going to be able to pull that off more and more. And he, and he's just not conservative enough for me to really trust as a true center. And so that's why I would ship them over. But, you know, Will Smith is going to score and he's going to score. Like, but I just look at Benson and I think that the projection for me is higher. Like Benson's kind of got like the, like, I wouldn't call him Johnny Goudreau, but like there are things that he does that like reminds me of Johnny Goudreau. Like he's zippy. He's like, he's just always engaged, especially in transition at the end of the day. Like I'm going to bank on the player. That's just, that's just got more tools in the bucket. I see more tools in the bucket. And I think the upside and the potential is higher and higher. I have to ask, you know, Zach Benson 510. There's always this conversation about Montreal being a team of Smurfs. He would be another Smurf (laughs) at that time, right? Yes, yes. And, um, and how would that project into the NHL? I'm not really worried about Zach Benson in terms of his frame at like the next level. 
because like it ultimately comes back down to his skating like he's just so zippy and his ability to generate the speed that he needs north south east west it doesn't really matter benson has the speed and he has the speed to figure out and he has the speed to get out of jams i'm just not worried about nhl competition uh you know, that, you know, that he would face it to the next level. You know, there are guys later on our rankings where I'm a bit more concerned, but then I still see the upside factor and think if only these players can, you know, build up a little bit more upper body, you know, so that way they can push guys off and things like that. You mentioned Sax Benson, fantastic skating. And that is actually the weakness that Will Smith has. It's his skating in, in many ways. And how important is skating to get into the next or get into the next level be it ahl or or be it uh, nhl i mean it's always going to come down to where the player is right because each i mean because each player is going to be different but with that said like i you know to get to the next level you know you really you know you really need to have a really good north south stride i see a lot of players where they're getting there and they're close, but they just have, but, you know, but they just have to lengthen their extensions a, a bit more. And the thing to consider too, is like at that age, they're really d- discovering exactly what they can actually do with their, you know, frame. Sometimes, you know, skating just takes a little bit longer in terms of, you know, you know, in terms of really just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to then my, extensions further and keep balance it just comes down to what can i do with my body it takes some players a little bit longer to really develop that power stride but then you know i'll look at guys like last year with liam ogren like liam ogren skating i loved it like like all year long like his north south stride his like his ability to stay aligned on the day board check i enjoyed every single viewing like there was no bad Liam Ogren viewing for me. And from the get-go in his draft year, you saw that. Like, the like the play at Helenka, like, Liam Ogren was fantastic. And he, and his skating, made, like, makes him who he is. Like, he, like, he can be that, you know, in, like, like he can be that great power forward because because he has that north south and east west combination that he can rely on um you know to keep himself aligned uh you know towards oppositional puck movement do you think montreal would pick Zach benson will smith or someone else that's really tough because like i, I could see montreal going and like several different directions it's like ultimately when i when i look back at last year you know they went uri over chain right for me i had right higher i just look at the montreal draft history from like the last few years and like for me it's kind of hard to guess where they go i could see them going will smith though because you know because he you know because he he offers the he offers that goal scoring upside you know that they're going that they're going to need you know when they are going to be you know very you know very much competitive you know over over like the next like five six years and have you know and have a true you know you know dynamic goal score that they can rely on in a a line two spot and i can certainly see that role being a good one for will smith i would probably lean will smith 
I could see them going Mappe Mitchkov if he drops. I could also potentially maybe even see David Reinbacher. I know he's been I know he's been rumored and linked to Montreal. You know, he's a bit further down on our on our list. And again, it just comes back to projection. And I think where some NHL scouts have have him pr- projected doesn't really align with where we have him. And so that's why that's why he's, you know, a number I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's like number 20 on our list. I, I just see a top forward to, to, to defenseman where, you know, where his skating and his footwork, you know, he's still really working on it, still really, really working on positional angling. He is a solid rush defenseman and, you know, and he, you know, and he's been solid all year long in, um, you know, in the NLA. I think that the upside that you're going to get out of player like Zach Benson and Will Smith is higher than, you know, than what you would get out of David Reinbacher. And so for me, I would go Benson or Will Smith before David Reinbacher. I can agree with you in regards to Reinbacher. It is a name to keep an eye on and not everyone is very high on him. Obviously your group isn't. Uh, I know that uh, Thomas Rost of Central Scouting isn't very high on him either might have changed after the world championships we're gonna take a quick break and uh, listen to some of our sponsors the god of mischief is back and better than ever loki 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 Loki. wow great to see you again critics agree loki season two is marvelous great and it's finally here how much do you know let's assume i don't know much a mind-bending adventure spectacularly cinematic i've been waiting for a moment like this it surpasses all expectations a little over the top don't you think i thought it was spot on loki season two now streaming only on disney plus and we're back let's continue down the defensive road with someone ranked very very high that um, i might have been part of with one of my interviews to cause a little bit of, of damage to your list in a way you got axel sandin pelica at number eight. And why is that? Is it that complete upside? Because he has a ton of upside, but also he's a little bit more uncertain than Reinbacher. Yeah, he's a little bit more uncertain with Reinbacher, but upside for us, again, like it just like it just comes down to projection. And I'd rather bet on upside than safety like every single time like that's just you know like you know like that's just my style i see safer players and i air caution because i think that eventually down the line i can acquire those safer players via free agency by a trade but i want to use my draft capital on as many players with upside as possible because they are rarer. So like throughout like the draft, like I'm just going to continue to vouch for players, you know, with higher uh, upside over, um, you know, over what their ceiling might be. Would you take a defender at number five? Take a defenseman at number five. Probably not. Um, I think the earliest I would probably take one, probably like seven or eight. But I think, I think five is a little bit too 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 high and it just you know and it just comes down to you know and it just comes down to you know how you know how strong the forward group is and and this is a very strong forward group let's be honest and there's a pretty good defensive group coming up next year a, a little bit more depth in defense and and a little bit more variable variants of defenders as well whereas now either or 
there you can get a little bit more mixed package. Going forward, tell us about some of the players that, well, outside the top 10, that, that you think is, is standing out for, for different reasons as are maybe your favorite players? Okay, so players outside the top 10. Um, well, let me go to well, let me go to the smart scouting board and the, so that way I can, um, and so that way I can give you the rank for each one. Scrolling down to the complete list instead of looking through every single paragraph. Even though I, even though I love the team's work, <laughs> I just uh, I just simply went over the list. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so guys, yeah, so guys outside of the top ten. Well, um, I want so I, I want to highlight Gavin Brindley first, even though so even though he's at nine on the smart scouting board, just like. You know, like the you know, like the tenacious factor, the mobility. Like he's constantly just zooming, zoom, zoom, zoom. Like the Mazda ads. Like that's like that is Gavin Brindley. His motor is just always running. It really in it really makes him who he is. Especially on like D four check, he's engaged, and I just love watching Gavin Brindley. But after ten, Jaden Perron. Um, I know he's a bit lower on other boards, you know, with Jaden Perron, it comes back to the distribution, you know, his ability to, to deliver great passes in, um, you know, in all three zones. And I just love his passing ability. He's a great, he's a great playmaking uh, prospect. Um, and we've got him at 15 on the smart scouting board. If we go further down the list, um, I very much enjoy Otto Stenberg. Um, we've got him at 22. There is a little bit of discussion about Stenberg. Would you play him as wing or would you play him as center? I play him as wing because the skating. So again, it comes back to, he doesn't really have a true power stride. He's, he's really reliant on his crossovers and that's what he's using you know, for acceleration. And so he, and so while he can be conservative at times, I just don't, I would like, I would rather play him off. Like I like, I'd rather play him on like the wing. I just feel like that comes back down to skating ability. But I think if he can ultimately improve his skating, sure. I mean, sure. I would consider him at center, but I think, if doesn't really develop much and he's still, you know, and he's still reliant on his crossovers at the, you know, at the next level for speed, then yeah, I would probably, you know, then I would probably leave him on like the wing. With all that said, I just got to say, cause I, cause I actually published a, I actually published a report on him last night and with Stenberg, he really held his own at the SHL level, even though he's like, you know, even though his power stride is like, isn't there. And so at the, at the SHL level for Stenberg, my read on him in his SHL sample this year was that he held his own. He was constantly engaged in play, but the problem solving, especially in the offensive zone under pressure, the SHL level, you know, he was holding on to pucks for slightly too long and he, he really needed to, you know, gauge exactly in what situations he can actually use his stick handling to, you know, to get out of pressure or when to make the path. And it ultimately came down to, I just have to gauge exactly how much space I need in like, in order to make the play. You got another person that you want to highlight a little bit? 
Uh, William Whitelaw, another tenacious forward. He played for the Youngstown Phantoms this year. Going to, he's a Wisconsin commit. Like with Whitelaw, he's just like, he's just always on pucks. He's a little bit like, like he's a little bit smaller in size, but he's hard on pucks. He's got a great shot. The one thing with Whitelaw that I wanted to see more and more um this um so this year um is really shot selection at times deciding to pass over shooting the thing with william whitelaw was that in every single viewing was that he wasn't always making the pass to the dangerous areas and so with that said he was testing his shot um from range more and more and the odd thing is is that whitelaw in the in the defensive zone in neutral zone his just his distribution is great it was the offensive zone where I was just like, I want to see more passes to the dangerous areas. And if he, and, and, it, and if he's doing that, his, his production would be substantially higher. And so that, and so that's the area that I really want to see William Whitelaw focus in on um, over the next few years um, at the university of Wisconsin. You mentioned university of Wisconsin, the NCAA, we got to deal with the with the European clubs, so you get an opportunity to to have these kids for four years evaluation rather than the two years if you come from the Canadian youth system. Um, does that factor in when you rank players? No, not no, not really. Um, I I mean there are some leagues where I'm a little bit worried about the about like the, de- the development path, and ultimately if I was you know the you know a advisor or an agent um you know for you know for certain players you know i would you know i you know what i would alter their path a little bit but you know but it's actually funny that you bring it up because um tom wielander is actually coming to he's playing for bu next year um do like the the development path for him um you know at bu because throughout my viewings this year while i really really like tom wielander's defensive ability what i wanted to see a bit more of was more um well you know you know was just was just a bit more physicality and on smaller ice at you know in NCAA play he's got the speed to get there you know it's just a matter of implementing that physicality and you know when you're playing on larger ice you're just a little bit uncertain of well can I be that physical but you know but still you know but still not open up gaps with that said I think that you know I think that the path for Tom Wielander makes a ton of sense and I love that path and so I, and so I, I can't wait for, um, you know, and, and, you know, and so I can't wait for what he's going to be uh, at BU next year. It's interesting though, because he has played pro in SHL. So be able to go to the NCAA is a little bit weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't read into that situation all, all that much, but yeah, you don't often see uh, pro players moving, uh, moving to collegiate teams and uh yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know what loophole 
there is. <laughs> Might be t playing time or something like that. Or, or they don't know that SHL is a uh, uh, pro league. Could be that as well. We never know with North Americans. I'm going to ask you and, and finish the podcast with this. Montreal at the moment has the 31st pick from Florida, obviously. Um, and the 37th pick, which is their own. What do you think or, or which players should Montreal target at those positions? It's funny because I actually did two mocks prior to hopping on the podcast. So I did a mock through uh, draft prospects and I did another one through FC hockey at 31 on the draft prospects list. I ended up with Gavin Brindley and then 37, I ended up with Jaden Perron on the FC hockey one. I ended up with Sachin at, uh, sorry, I ended up with Nate Danielson at 31 and Sachin at 37. At the end of the day, it's really going to come down to the Montreal consensus list and what player they value higher but you know but at the end of the day like i could see them you know betting on guys like gab brindley and Jaden perron you know they you know they don't the scouts do not hesitate to to draft smaller forwards and smaller defensemen as well um uh you know lane hudson shout out for me it's like three like three to 45 is just like, it's really hard to, it's really hard to predict because like, it's just like, I, like, I could see like the draft going like, like, like going like 20, like going like 20 different ways. Like, it's just, it's so hard. It's so hard to, it's so hard to project, but I really do think that the Habs are going to bet on offside as, as much as possible. And, you know, and if they could, you know, and if they can get a guy like Gavin Brindley, uh, you know, you know, and, you know, Jaden Prawn or Grayson Sachin or even, or even Nate Danielson, I don't think Nate Danielson is going to fall to 31, but, you know, I, you know, I think Nate Danielson's probably gone within like the first, well, I think he's a top 10 pick. I would be shocked if he's on the board past 15. I would be shocked. I just think I see Nate Danielson and I see a, a safe player. I think the, the teams that I, I, I think that the team that takes him in a, a top 10 spot takes him in a top 10 spot because the projection for them is slightly higher than where, um, than, you know, than where the smart scouting team has them. But I, you know, but I do see a, you know, a re relatively safe player, you know, he's going to get, you know, he's going to play NHL minutes, you know, but, um, you know, but for me, you know, there are times where I see him as a, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, you know, like there's times where I'm watching him and I'm thinking like, okay, you look like, okay, you look like you're more of like a third line center, but then, you know, but then there are sometimes where I think that he could be a two, I'm sorry, that I think he could be a two C. So, you know, it, you know, it's just, you know, it, you know, it, it just comes down to where do you feel comfortable betting on players? You've been listening to Josh Tesler. You can find him at Twitter, uh, at Josh Tesler, uh, underscore at the end. Um, follow him, ask him questions. As you heard, knowledgeable, and he will get back to you pretty, pretty soon. Uh, if you have a fair question to him. Um, you can also find the Smash Scouting list 
very good information to to follow up and, and use and combine with other uh, scouting lists because we all see different things and we all um, promote different things. Obviously, I'm very angry with you from where you have Felix Nilsson. We're I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into that. Uh, it's have it has been a pleasure to have you on, Josh. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man, and thank yeah, man, and thank you so much. And I'm sorry, and th- thank you so much, Patrick, for um, for having me on. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I can't and I can't wait to see what you guys do at the uh, at the at the draft, and I can't wait for Nashville. <laughs> <laughs>